Welcome back to another episode of Ice Time with your hosts, Matt Piscazzi and John Horton. Thank you again for listening yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and for all the continued support. Uh, definitely be sure to check us out on the socials, on Twitter or X, at Icetime9899. And also, that is our email if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, shoot us a message over there. We'd love to do a mailbag in the future. Uh, that would be Icetime9899 at gmail.com. Uh, as per usual, this will be out for you on uh, Friday morning. We'll have another one for you on uh, Monday morning and then Friday uh, Friday morning next week as well. And, uh, you know, when we close out later, I'll have a couple thoughts on that uh, Monday episode. We got a really cool cool one lined up. We are going to be at the Stadium Series game this weekend. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for the end of the episode. I'm going to talk about that one a little bit. But without further ado, we'll get rolling into this one. I'll shoot it over to John to get us started. All right, thank you very much. So we got a, a good episode here lined up. And like Matt was saying before, we will be at the game Sunday. It's going to be electric. It's going to be exciting. We're going to try and... Squeeze an episode at the end, little thoughts on that. Uh, hopefully it's not too cold. But anyway, so coming into what is going on around the league right now, coming in hot, really big time news. Connor Bedard is officially activated. He's wearing the fishbowl. He's coming back after not playing since beginning of January with a fractured jaw. It took a nasty hit, unfortunately. Um, and upon his departure, he had played 39 games. With 33 points, 15 goals, 18 assists. Negative 22 plus minus is pretty abysmal, but he is on the worst team in hockey. Um, but And he's young, he's exciting, his call to race will continue. Especially now that Adam Fantilli, unfortunately, with a laceration on his, on his leg, will miss some significant time as well. Um, he's slowed down a little bit too, production-wise, but he's been fun to watch. So, my question for you is, how do you feel now that, that Connor Bedard is back in active lineup? Um, do you not care whatsoever? Do you find it <laughs> extremely exciting? And uh, hmm. I personally think the NHL is salivating at this, so now they can start uh, marketing him 10 times more like they were before. But yeah, what, what do you think about this? I mean, that's the thought right there. I, I have to agree. Um, it is just really exciting, too, if you as a hockey fan. It's just, just a hand of, ugh, excuse me, a fan of people in general. Like, this is such a fiery, like, fun young kid to watch when he gets out there. Like, you'd wanted to see him come back. I mean, I think when he got hurt, um, even people that aren't Chicago fans, even people that hate Chicago are probably thinking, like, that sucks. You know, like, that's just, you never want to see that, uh, especially for a, a cal, like, some with that kind of uh, caliber of talent. Jeez, I can't speak tonight. Um, you just, you don't want to see that, right? And, uh, you know, never want to see that. So yeah, I think that's really exciting for the league. And um, also something that's just crazy when you talk about the Calder race. He has 14 less games played than uh, Brooke Faber and Marco Rossi, who are two and three in rookie scoring right now. And he has the most, well, he's tied with Brock Faber for the most points by a rookie. So that's crazy. Just kind of, uh, again, points uh, that puts the spotlight on him and how well he's done this year and kind of, um, you know, how well he's adjusted to the league and the fact that he has been able to score so easily. I mean, he's at 0.85 points a game that's crazy as a rookie to be uh, up there at almost a point per game player especially coming back from an injury now it'll be interesting to see kind of how he skates how he feels but um yeah really excited and uh you know i'm sure that we'll get uh, some electric highlights from him coming up soon and, and hopefully he can kind of bounce back from this injury and come back you know just as strong as he was before and if he does 
I, I don't think there's a reason that he shouldn't have, you know, probably the strongest case for the Calder. But um, yeah, I would imagine you're probably in a similar boat, you know, just thinking that this is awesome and, and just great for the league in general. Uh, no, I, I am. I am. Uh, it was, it was, uh, you know, it was really upsetting to see him like, like that the way he was because taking a hit like that, you got to keep your head up and, you know, he just seemed so excited, so happy to be out there in the NHL competing at the level he was competing at, having a point in his first game, a goal in his second game ever. Um, and then he got a little welcome to the NHL hit um and just bad angle uh you know and, and he's missed some significant time and you also hope like you were saying as a fan of people you also hope that like we said before that his draw will just heal for quality of life as well chewing talking eating all that stuff you know hockey comes second to all those things but it is quite exciting to see that um now as we were talking before um with Morgan Riley he was officially suspended five games of course he appealed it you know, I don't really have an issue with him appealing it. Everybody's going to always appeal whatever they get. He probably won't get it reduced. And if it does, maybe he'll get four games. Um, and there were some quotes from Tortorello taken out of context, of course, um, about uh, the, what his thoughts on that. And basically the way they had the quotes out, excuse me, made it seem as if Torts was saying the league is kind of soft now with these young players acting uh, goofy and not expecting retaliation. But, um, you know, I think, again, well, I'll give it to you in a second, but I think we can all agree, and I know we both agree, um, you take a slap shot like that for, for disrespect, I, I agree totally he should be ready to defend himself. What Morgan Riley should have done is went up to him, you know, gave him a few shoves, dropped the gloves, and fought him. That's normal. That's perfect. That's what you want to see. Um, taking your stick like a medieval knight and trying to decapitate him and, and almost hospitalize him is not what you want, are going to see, not what you want to see. And the make hockey violent again rhetoric is, is such nonsense to me, but curious what you think. Yeah, I'm in a similar boat. Uh, and the thing that kind of also bothers me about the whole thing is that it's not like Morgan Riley was like bag skating trying to catch up to the guy either. When he took that slap shot, if you look at the replay, Morgan Riley's literally just, he just resigned. He's like, oh, he's going to score. And I get it. You're not going to sell out and, and, you know, kill yourself trying to get over there, right? And make that big dive, throw your stick. You know, you're not going to get crazy like that, right? But like for him to have that reaction, it's not like you did anything to try and stop that. You stood there and you watched him do that. And then right after that, you decide, oh, now I'm going to go charge at him and take his head off. Like you said, I think that there's a fine line. Like he knew he was going to do that, right? Like when when Greek took that slap shot, he was asking for it, right? He that's an agitator move. That's a like um you know that gets that gets under the other team's skin, right? So like what you said, I, I have to agree with. I think Morgan Riley should have went up to him. You know, you get in his face, and it's even okay. Get your gloves in his face, shove his face a couple of times, shove him against the boards. Get a little, you know, get handsy with him, get violent with him a little bit, like to kind of get him to fight you, right? Then you could fight, and that's okay. That's fighting. That's allowed. What's not allowed is what he did, like you just said, and I have to agree that that's totally out of bounds. And I think the tort stuff comes from um, a lot of people that are in this league, the older people, the coaches, uh, people that used to play hockey, where it was very barbaric. And that was, quite frankly, a reason that a lot of people didn't want to watch hockey because they thought it was barbaric. So we're getting away from that. And also, it's not safe, like not for anything, but a lot of those guys probably have like post-concussive issues, CTE, broken jaws, missing teeth, all sorts of crazy stuff. And they're like, oh, it's a hockey. I'm a hockey guy. I'm a tough hockey guy. And it's like, what, do you not care about your life? Like at a certain point, you have to get out of that mindset and maybe like, I don't know, take care of yourself. And maybe that's why we see some of these guys in very poor health in their old age and, and you're not making it, having health issues and later in life. 
that's a whole nother discussion. But I just think that that's a very antiquated mentality. Um, and like, he's, you know, like Torts had kind of, and it was taken out of context, but I believe that he's one of those guys that is kind of in the mindset of, you know, make hockey violent again, or that kind of, you know, um, old school mentality. And it just, that's not going to stick. That's not going to stick in the modern NHL. That's not going to stick in modern sports. People don't want to see that. It's violent. It's barbaric. People get hurt. Uh, it's unnecessary. And it takes away from the skill and the entertainment of the game. And that's the biggest issue. When you want to bring people into like to watching this sport, when you say, hey, we need to be able to compete with baseball and basketball and football, you don't do that by allowing stuff like Morgan Riley, what he did. You don't do that by building up the violence and the anger and the barbaric, you know, action. You, that's not how you do it. You do it with guys like Connor Bedard and, and McDavid and Sid the Kid. You do it with guys like that making big plays, goalies making big saves, exciting playoffs, uh, frozen frenzy, outdoor games. That's how you do it. So for all the wonderful things that this league is doing to try and move hockey in the right direction, I think it's terrible that we'll always have that kind of old, that cohort of, um, you know, older uh, players and, and coaches and things like that that are always like, oh, it should be violent, it should be barbaric. And, you know, I know that's how it was back then, but, you know, there's a reason it's not like that anymore. And I think I'll just kind of leave it at that, that, um, and you can tell it kind of gets me going because it's just, <laughs> it's, it's crazy, dude. It's crazy to me that people are defending that. And actually, when we get into Bad Take Friday, I have a little bit about that. It's just crazy. Like, he literally went over to take his head off. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's one thing you get in his face, get the gloves on him, push him against the glass. He can drop the gloves and he can fight you. But when he's defenseless and you take your stick and bash him in the head and, and he falls to the ground, that's not right. And that, you know, that's the last thing I'll say about it. I think you know how I feel. But yeah, I just, whew, totally, totally crazy, the whole situation. And he's going to appeal it, sure, who doesn't? But it's not going to stick. Five games, quite frankly, I don't think it's enough, but you know, that's what the league deemed is enough. And so five games he'll sit. No, exactly. And and uh a good comment I saw of it uh from it. Um, you know, somebody was posting about the uh the torts comment that I was mentioning before and you had some you had a few people in the comments saying like, Oh yeah, this that, that's exactly how I feel this and that but then somebody had a really good comment like we were talking about. Um you know, in the early two thousands the NHL had an issue and with viewership and and likability due to uh scoring drought you know you can just see like the average i remember last season the statistics for average goals per game was like almost six which is incredible and back then it was like two or one uh not to say the hockey was bad of course back then but as an overall electric experience it was definitely a scoring drought I think part of that was due to the the nature of the gritty you know getting in fights all the time smashing people in the boards terrible concussion protocol you see it all the time um i forgot his name he was he was supposed to be like a really generational player i think he was a first overall pick forgot who he played for but he got four concussions went undiagnosed had the like brutal brutal memory issues and it it caused a lot of uh i'll have to find his name later but anyway uh so the comment basically was saying you know the torts said that someone said oh i agree but then this one guy commented which i agreed he said oh yeah go back to the outdated nhl with with boarding and head smashes and fights every three seconds that was unwatchable that nobody mm-hmm. wanted and and i agree with that completely because it's just not as exciting mm-hmm. and uh, also just as safe you know what's the point of watching the game when your favorite player is gonna get killed every other game but um yeah so in other news here the pittsburgh penguins are continuing to spiral not really any big surprise here. They are a very aging team, despite their their three stars um, in Chris Letang, Sidney Crosby, and 
Evgeny Malkin, of course. Um, right now they sit seventh in the Metropolitan Division with 23 wins, 20 losses, seven overtime losses, 53 points. They are barely over 500. Um, right above the Columbus Blue Jackets, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, so, like we've talked about before, Kyle Dubas, completely overrated GM, doesn't do anything, I think, all that special. He he brought in uh, Eric Carlson because that was going to apparently allow them to contend for another cup for some reason. And, uh, you know, he's just kind of done his own thing. Yeah, he's been kind of quiet in the media lately. You haven't really heard a lot about them. But um, just because with, with uh, Sidney Crosby. Um, so he has 52 points in 50 games right now. Insane at 36 years old. So uh, my question for you is, how many goals do you think he has? This on the season right now, said the kid? Yeah. And you said 52 points? Yeah. Um, I mean, I know he's usually more the playmaker, but I'm looking at this team and I'm just thinking to myself, like, who else is going to score? Uh, if it's not him, it's probably Gensel. Uh, what, like 25 goals? 28. You were close. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Also, also Gensel's out for four weeks now. He's hurt. Yeah, I actually just saw that because I was looking at the Penguins while you were talking. I didn't see yeah. the Sid the Kid thing. That was that was unprompted, but I did see that. Um, that was the first thing that came up when I typed in like Penguins. With him? Like, Gens- yeah. Gensel, Gensel out for four weeks. I was like, oh, geez. Well, that's <laughs> As if things and, weren't going bad enough for them already. Yeah, if they weren't bad enough. And my other thing, which I thought was interesting, what do you think on a spiraling, badly, bad def- defensive team, what do you think his plus minus is? Sid the Kid? Mm-hmm. Ah, uh, hmm. See, he's scoring so much. Probably makes like it probably offsets some of it. But I mean, the, the way this team is playing, I, you know, it's probably something unexpected. Otherwise, I feel like you wouldn't be asking me. What is, is it like a five, like plus five? It is a plus sixteen. <laughs> How are they just That's scoring? Sidney Crosby he's just not on the ice. Jeez. That's that goes back to our discussion like we had last time. He is he just really is the complete player. It, it's yeah, crazy. Oh my god! Um, wow. Yeah, because you see, you see, like the classic, um, like with like I was saying. I mean, I know it's not comparable because Connor Bedard's eighteen, mm-hmm. but like uh, other you know big time players when they're on bad teams, you know they might have a point per game and a lot of goals, but their plus minus can be abysmal. Not Sidney Crosby. He uh he, he will not allow that. <laughs> no, jeez. I mean, there's a reason that we. We hail this guy, and, and he's one of the best hockey talents that we'll see in, in years, honestly. I mean, it's our generation specifically, but, uh, you know, I think one of the best hockey players to ever touch the ice, and just generally speaking, especially when you talk about, like you said, a complete game. Uh, you know, find me somebody that's played a complete game the way that he has, you know, over the past 20 years consistently the way that he has. I think you'd be really hard-pressed to, to find players like that that would kind of match that caliber, but that's just yeah. crazy. Plus six. That's crazy, dude. Plus 16. Plus 16. On that team. Plus 16. Is, is, is nuts. They're one of the worst. I mean, they're in the top, what, bottom 10 of the league right now? That's nuts. Uh, Yeah, they are 24th That's in the nuts. league. Dude. He's plus 16. Wow. It's crazy. Good um, for him. <laughs> yeah, it is good. Yeah, honestly. Which, I asked that because leads into my other question. Um, You know, with, with what he still has in the tank at his age, and I have my answer for this, but I, I've seen people online. I've, I have never seen this. Talking point until recently, which is why I thought interesting. Do you think Sidney Crosby retires a penguin, or do you think he, you know, has that amount left in the tank and he's like, I, I, I want to win another cup? 
Ah, man. You know, that's so hard to call because it's just, you can't, when you think about, he's synonymous with the Penguins. Yeah. I mean, how many, see, I, I can't even think of how many years he's been with this team. I'm actually trying to look it up. 2004, uh, 5 was he drafted? Six? I say, it's 2005, gotta, it's gotta I mean. Be, it's got to be 20 years, right? He currently uh, makes. 2005, so 18 years. That's, this is what, his 18th, right? Christ. 18, 7, I mean, dude. I, uh, it would be such a, I'll put it this way. I think he should stay a Penguin. I think he should. I think he will. Just the fact that he's been with this team, he's given this team his heart and soul. Um, with that being said, I think it would be a shame if he were to leave. Um, I do think that you could make, like, you can't really argue with it at a certain point based on the, the Penguins' performance, especially if this is their new norm, right? If this is how they're going to be playing, um, it, it's kind of hard to want to sink, you know, stay on a sinking ship, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think that there's the way that he is synonymous with that team. Every, he has given that team everything. They have given him everything in return. He's been the captain there for, what, 15 years? I just think it would be just crazy and, uh, and just, uh, just, uh, just a shame. Like I said, I think it would be a shame if he were to play anywhere else. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my piece. I, I think he's going to stay. I do. I think he should. I think he will. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what do you I think? think? I think the same thing. I think he will, too. It's just his DNA is Pittsburgh. He's, he's won three cups for them. Um, I mean, he currently... Um, he's a no-move clause, and he is a UFA in the 2025-26 season. Um, so he'll be 38, I think, when that happens. Um, and he currently makes 8.7 mil, which is kind of crazy. He makes that low. I mean, it's a lot, of course, but mm. compared to comparative to the other players in the league, what's the length the part, of the contract though? When did they sign that? I wonder because they probably signed him to ago. like I was to say they probably signed him to like an ES7 yeah. or eight year deal at the time. So I mean, yeah, part I'm of sure, part of the reason is was yeah. I mean, I'm sure yeah. at the time that was attuned to an 11 or 12 mil deal. Now, but yes. you know, but I also know he when I remember reading about when he did sign that contract, he which is another testament to him and competitiveness. And, you know, again, we always talk about I, I can't blame players for trying to get the most money you can get. Like, it's your life. It's your career. I'm not going to blame you for that. Does it suck as a fan watching your team struggle to build around because someone takes up a massive chunk of the cap? Yeah, of course. But yeah. um, the other aspect of Sidney Crosby's character and competitiveness, I do remember reading, is when he did sign that contract years ago, he made sure to negotiate it in a way where, you know, he would get a fair share, but also wouldn't cripple the team. So that way they could build around them. And now they have, I think they won two other cups after he signed that deal. So, um, you know, that's just incredible. Because a lot of people aren't going to do that. A lot of people aren't going to say, yeah, pay me less so I can have better teammates. You know, because it might not work out. And then now you're also out of money. Um, yeah, 8.7 mil. Crazy. Quick side note, too. Uh, who is the youngest NHL captain? In, uh, NHL? Who's the youngest player to be named captain? On an NHL team in NHL history. Well, they call him Sid the Kid for the reason. It was probably him. Close, but it's not. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, oh. Um, One other guest, Connor McDavid? Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know what? I was just, we were on Sid the Kid. I was just like, we were just on it. I think yeah. if I actually sat for a second, I probably would have gotten that. But Yeah. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I was just like, any way you slice it, to be fair. Yeah. So. Speaking of another bottom-dwelling Metropolitan team, directly below them is the uh, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets, who had just fired their GM after 12 seasons. Um, You know, 
usually if you have a, a non-winning roster for many years, the GM is to blame for that. But of course, you can't. You're not clairvoyant. You got draft misses. You got star players that that have problems. I'll give my quick thought on really how they can fix this team um, moving forward. If I could find them on cap friendly for some reason. I know, I'm, I'm probably, actually pulling, I'm pulling up their cap friendly right now. I'm probably looking, uh, oh, here they are. Jesus, I, I looked over their name seven times. So basically, the team's been a dumpster fire for a very, very long time. Right? We were not surprised by that. Hmm. Um, and they've brought in a decent amount of veterans and while also getting high draft picks over the years to try and, and, and uh, salvage that. Right now, the most exciting one would probably be Adam Fantelli, who unfortunately right now is injured. Mm. Um, he's been doing well. Uh, he, like I was saying before, his production stagnated a little bit, but um, he was still doing well. But they have um, they have the average age right now of forwards on that team is 25. So it's a young team. Um, and the average age for defensemen is 26, and the average age of the goaltending is 26 also. So young team. Um, currently their offense... Cap space is 35%, defense is 38%, and goaltending is 7%. So my thought is, you have issues right now. You know, he's not playing. You have Patrick Line, who, when he came into the league, was on fire. You know, he was scoring at an insane pace. He just looked mm. elite and, and deadly. And then, which I'm sure you remember, his production faltered, and he had issues because he had a secret account playing massive amounts of Fortnite games. I'm sure you've heard about that. Oh my God, yeah, that, that was crazy. It was crazy. He was playing like absolute garbage on the ice and everyone's like, why is that? And then people find out it's because he was playing Fortnite <laughs> two hours before games. <laughs> so his head was not in the game. So it's like, what, what the hell? It's crazy. And then, you know, he was looked to do well this season. And, you know, he had some flashes here. Then he had some injury issues and then he had production issues. And now he's in the NHL players assistance. Um, and on our Twitter too, it's crazy. I don't know who these people were. There was some podcast. Um, I guess they were, or uh, uh, oh, Blue Jackets. I, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, they were they were Blue Jackets. Um, podcast, whatever. And they're complaining about how the team sucks right now, and it's hard to watch, which I get. And then the one guy who was like phoned in from his car, absolutely crazy. He said this, but he said, uh, he said, yeah, and Patrick Line is, um, uh, what was it? it was a Remington. What did he say? Ah. Know, basically, gonna, um, basically, he was implying Patrick Line was in the player's assistance program for mental issues, and he was contemplating suicide, was basically what he's saying, which is an absolutely horrible thing to say. And Patrick Line himself, on his Twitter, responded to that and said, this is not okay. And, yeah, um, yeah that was absolutely insane. So, you know, unfortunately, though, if you are the Blue Jackets, I mean, you also have Johnny Goodrell. He's all right. And he signed to nine point seven five million until past two thousand twenty eight season, and and you know Boone Jenner, okay. I think what they need to do is they need to dump a lot of the, you know, you have the nice young talent here. You know, you have a lot of RFA's coming up, a lot of entry level contracts. I think you dump a lot of this this talent, um, and you trade and and spend a little more, like kind of like the Maple Leafs, I guess, on offensive power and just you know kind of retool, and hope your goaltending holds up. Other than that. I really don't know what you do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're going to have to re-sign a lot of guys is the one thing. Because you look at them right now, these, these cap hits are, are so light right now for, for most of this roster, right? 
Uh, the thing is, they're not going to be able to keep everyone. Right? I mean, you just look at it. They're just not. It's just, it's impossible. Uh, I think one guy that's probably going to walk, uh, Jack Rosalik. I mean, he's going to be a UFA at the end of the year right here. He's at a four mil cap hit. He's only got 11 points in 29 games. Um, I mean, nobody on this team is, is lightening up, right? It's really hard to score on this team right now. I get it. Uh, but I would imagine maybe he's one of these guys they let walk. So they save some money um, you know, on him so they can use that to sign some of these young guys. Because I'm looking at these young guys like the, uh, you know, Dmitry Varankov, Kirill Marchenko, Alexander Tessier. Um, they, they need to re-sign guys like that. Those are, those are the young guys that I think if you give them the right minutes, you give them the right kind of uh, space to develop, you get some veterans behind them. I think those are the guys that can develop into your future top six. Uh, you know, Kent Johnson's a name that I think of as well. So yeah, I think that if they maybe, um, you know, take the L on a couple of these guys that are going to be free agents or, or maybe even sell at the deadline here, um, which would be interesting. I don't know that they are particularly selling at the deadline. They probably should be. Um, but, you know, maybe they, they trade a couple of these guys so they don't, you know, let them walk for free. But either way, I think they do have to let a couple of these guys walk, uh, maybe a couple of the veterans walk as well. Sign some lower end veterans to a mill, a, you know, a, a year, a mill, a couple years, a couple mill, and then re-sign some of these young guys, and just kind of give it a year. And like you said, with that draft capital as well, um, just kind of draft right. You know, maybe a new GM gets in there. Honestly, that the, the Kekalainen, like getting that GM out for to me was more of a change of pace move than anything. I don't think that he did a terrible job by any means. I don't think he did the best job. Obviously, they are not in a good position right now. Um, but you know, they have assets. They have young guys. It's not like they don't have good bones, uh, but like I said, I just think they need to kind of hope that some of these younger guys can develop. Um, let a couple, maybe let a couple of the um, you know couple of vets walk, get a couple other vets in there, and kind of mix it up, see what sticks. But I do think that it's going to be a couple years before we really look at this team as a serious threat, honestly. Which is a shame. I think that we both were a little bit higher on them than than this. I don't think that we saw them you know bursting into the league and making the playoffs, but I also didn't see them crumbling the way that they did. So. Uh, this is a shock. Also, not for anything, if they're going to succeed, Johnny Gaudreau's got to pick up his game. He's got to figure it out. The guy's 100%. 30. He's had, a cr- he's had some incredible seasons here. Uh, if he's going to be there until 2029, uh, he's got to pick it up. So I, I don't see them trading him here, uh, especially with that term on the contract, the 9.75 hit. But um, you know, looking at next year, he's got to perform. He's got to step it up if they want to have any, any chance at, at competing at all. But uh, yeah, I guess that's my yeah. little two cents on, on the Blue Jackets there. The fact that he makes more than Sidney Crosby is crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Um, yeah. So I guess the timestamp we're at now, we can move into some segments. Uh, yeah, next, sure. ne- next one, uh, lost a little track of time, but next one I, w- I would like to talk after. I mean, not next one because we'll be talking about the stadium series. The one after that, uh, I want to talk more about the Kings' current downfall, which is quite interesting um, despite their talent and their, now mm-hmm. they're coaching change for some reason but anyway um i didn't have a light the lamp um i got I two actually so that, that kind of that makes sense okay, perfect and perfect. and one of them's not even really a light the lamp it was just kind of funny uh it was just your classic ov slapper right just right from the slot uh it was just funny because the puck went in so fast the goal horn was delayed like literally i watched the replay and like the wow. puck goes in comes out and then the goal horn goes like a second later and like some of the players look at each other like huh so it's just kind of funny. Um, so not even really light the lamp because it's just funny that it took them a second to light the lamp. <laughs> I just thought it was ironic. Uh, my real <laughs> one is uh, McDavid played the other night on which I believe he ended the night with six assists, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, um, he did. Yeah, this assist was on their seventh goal, if you could believe, uh, against the Red Wings in that 8-4 to win. Uh, you probably saw it. He was driving in from the right side of the net. 
uh, does a little bit of like a spinorama while he has the guy on his back. He's like going down to his knees and like throws like a backhander across the net to a wide open Evander Kane in the slot who I don't even know how he knew he was there. That was one of those eyes behind your head kind of plays. Uh, and it was just crazy. So yeah, as he's going down, spinorama throws the puck right over to Kane and just nets it right over the goal. He had no chance. Um, gorgeous, gorgeous, crazy goal. Another one of those crazy McDavid plays that you look at and you're just thinking to yourself like, wow. That's a player right there. <laughs> like, yeah, their their chemistry is insane. Yeah, no, they're they've been they've been firing here, and you know, I had to give them some respect there. Um, but yeah, and then I guess I'll just roll my bad take Friday. Well, we had already talked about it a little bit um, during the episode. It, it was it's just the whole Morgan Rowley situation. Uh, the per- in particular, I saw a fan on uh, on Reddit who had put a bunch of clips up of players um, cross checking other players in the middle of game action, and then basically put right after the clip in slow mo how many games they were suspended. Now, as you could imagine, when a player takes a cross-checking penalty in a game, they go to the penalty box. That's their punishment. They don't get suspended. It's game action. It's an incorrect hit. It's a legal hit. It's literally written into the rules that when they hit that player like that and it's a cross-check, they go to the penalty box, right? They don't get suspended. Mm -hmm. When it is in-game action, they go to the penalty box. Other team gets a power play. All of the clips he showed are literally in-game action, guys getting cross-checked in front of the net, which happens all the time, and there's a reason it's a penalty, and there's a reason that teams score on the following power play, right? Happens all the time. Zero game suspension for all of those players. Shows the Morgan Riley one and goes, why is this five games? And everybody in the comment, because it was on Maple Leaf Reddit, of course, is eating it up like it's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I'm just like sitting there stalking this feed, just going, like thinking to myself, are you kidding me? None of these are similar at all. The, the biggest glaring difference is that the one that they highlighted as being like the worst, how is this five games? Oh my God. Totally dead play. Totally dead play. No in-game action. No provocation. I mean, there was provocation in terms of, you know, take or, or provoke. I don't even know if that's the right word. He was provoked in taking that slap shot. I get it, right? But not in-game action, not in front of the net, not at high speed, right? He literally chose and went out of his way of his own volition voluntarily to go over there and hit him over the head with his stick. That is the biggest difference, but for some reason, you know, Toronto Maple Leafs fans don't want to talk about that. They just want to talk about how there's a big spotlight on Toronto and their players will always get suspended and their players will always get longer suspensions because it's Toronto and it's so wrong and it's so wrong. Well, then tell your players not to make dirty hits. I don't know what to tell you. You know what I mean? You can't have your cake and eat it too. Uh, so yeah, that was, that was my terrible take. Uh, for my bad take Friday. No, that is yeah, it is good. It's just the high, you know, it's the high, um, it's the high aspects of the league and 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 the Toronto media. But yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I I don't know, like, uh, I'm trying to think. If like Artemi Panarin did that to somebody, I'm not defending him. As much as I love Panarin, I'm gonna be like, yeah, no, that's that's messed up. I, I can't even I can't even fathom that. Oh yeah. Um. So for my bad take Friday, it's. I you know I can't compile all of them, but it's just uh, Rangers Twitter specifically, and all the all the trade proposals people come up with are some of the most like just mind-bogglingly stupid trade proposals I've ever heard in my entire life. Just like that, like let's get this thirty-plus-year-old half-season rental, and we'll give them let's see, Kako, Othman, and two second-round picks. What? Doesn't make any like oh dude stuff like that drives me insane. But one here was um. Just surprising, Elliot Freeman. I know on their thirty-two podcast they were just talking about, but he was wondering about Scott. Jesus, I don't know why he said his name like that. Scott Lawton on the Flyers and him potentially going to the Rangers. Um, uh, no, I don't want Scott Lawton on the New York Rangers. And what would we have to give up for him? Why would I? Why would I want him from 
<clears throat> from the team. He's got 23 points on the season and seven goals. Oh, wow, that's really going to help the team. What is that going to do? We're going to be in the exact same place that we are now. It's going to be the same exact production levels and the same exact issues. So um, I know I can't have an exact more specific one because there's just so many mm. head-scratching trade proposals I've seen, especially the ones where it says give up two prospects and draft picks for some aged, like, mid-six center. Why? Why would we do that? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, that mine was not as good as yours, but that's what No, I mean. that's valid, though, and I think, um, we, I mean, we keep pushing it off, but honestly, it kind of makes sense because we're really waiting for some trade action, right? I mean, we could go over all our different ideas and all our proposals and then two days later find out that we were totally off base or totally on track. You know, it does, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really matter um, kind of when we do it. You know, for some reason, the NHL likes to push the trade deadline out into March. Um, it's kind of neat, but also why? I don't know. I feel like it should be closer to the All-Star break. That would make a little bit more mm -hmm. sense, kind of around half, you know, halfway point of the season. Um, so, yeah, I mean, next week, I think we'll totally, like you said, we'll have to dive into the Kings because that is a really interesting one. But as well, we'll definitely get into that trade talk. Uh, maybe we'll have something to talk about. I know I've said that a couple of times now, but we're kind of just sitting here looking at our watches, waiting for Drury to do something. But um, Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, so I mean, I guess with that, I'll, I'll kind of give my thoughts here. And, um, you know, so yeah, uh, another good episode here in the books. Um, exciting one. I, I got a little heated on a couple of these topics. Really, got, That's what we like. Got to right? stretch out a little bit, kind of take a walk when I get up here, man. Whew. But uh, no, another exciting episode here. Um, so yeah, like I said in the beginning of the episode, me and John, and you know, we mentioned it, we talked about a whole bunch. We will be at the Stadium Series game Sunday, so we are going to get home. Uh, it's going to be a late one, but we're going to try and get a, a short episode out to you guys, just talk about our experience at the game. Um, hopefully, you know, all good things to say about the Rangers, their play at the game, the atmosphere, MetLife. I'm a Jet fan. Uh, I've been to MetLife a, a few times. Love MetLife as a Jets fan, so I'm interested to see how it is, um, you know, going there for a hockey game. Um, you know, we'll talk about the intermission music, uh, the atmosphere, the weather, all kinds of stuff, right? We'll get on here, give our thoughts about that stuff. And then, like I said, next week, we'll, uh, you know, we'll dial up our trade talk. We'll talk Kings as well. Um, we'll talk other league news as per usual. But uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And I'll shoot it over to John to close this out. Thank you always for the love and support. Be sure to check out every episode Monday and Friday. Check out our socials on Twitter and interact with us. Send us an email. We'll get back to you. And do more types of segments and more types of interaction. We'd absolutely love to do that. Yeah, we'll catch you soon. We're going to have a lot of fun at the stadium series. We'll be taking pictures, tweeting about it, talking about it, and uh, hopefully look forward to that. But we will catch you on the next one.